Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 7.5 of the Chamberlain and Chance podcast. My name is Chamberlain. I write infinitebacklog.com. This is my patient friend, Chance, who maintains thegamesofchance.blogspot.com. How are you doing again today? I'm doing wonderfully. The internet giveth and the internet taketh away. We lost all of my track for episode 7 that we recorded yesterday. And let me tell you, it was a fabulous podcast, and you are all poorer for not being able to hear it. It was, at the end of it, we both agreed that it was actually probably the best one we'd done. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of sad. I still have your half of it, so maybe I'll put up your half, and we can just see how half of how cool it was. That would just be weird. Anyway, yeah, it would be really weird. This week we've got some... Headlines to go over, a little bit of what we've been playing, and then we'll see if we're in the mood to have a deep discussion about why we play games and how we play games again. Thank you very much for joining us. Here we go. So, last week, on Friday, I did finally finish Just Cause 3. It took me, I want to say, about two weeks of play. I will admit that I was harsher on it in the beginning than I probably should have been, because a lot of the abilities and skills and, and feats that make the game fun just take a little longer to unlock than I would have liked. It would have been nice if I could have chosen those cool abilities as opposed to them being unlocked on their own after 30 hours of play. The game expects you to take those new abilities and go backwards and redo old stuff, which I'm not going to do because I don't have time for that. But in the end, it is a 6, 7 out of 10 open world sandbox game. I will say that like most open-ended games, sandbox games, it couldn't really muster up much of a, la of a good last boss because so much of the game is based on things happening organically, and then when it tries to script something, it just isn't as good. Is that kind of bad game design when uh, when mechanics that uh, legitimize the game and make it fun are withheld until, you know, halfway through, three-quarters of the way through It's creating game. progression. I understand what they were trying to do, because they're trying to give you a reason to, they're trying to instill some change in the game. I mean, the game is... I, I stand by saying that the game is very samey, especially in the first three quarters of it. So they're trying to instill some change in it by unlocking different abilities. But the, one of the best abilities that I got in the end was the ability to grapple twice in one jump. You could grapple, release, and grapple again without having to go to the wingsuit or the parachute. It's great for dodging stuff. It's great for avoiding incoming fire or for tanks or helicopters or whatever. And that's like one of the last grapple skills you unlock. So they're trying to create almost RPG-ish growth in a game that didn't really need it. Just let me see all the abilities and buy the one I want. Don't make me wade through all the stupid ones to get to the good one. So I don't know if it's poor design, if it's maybe lazy design. They had other stuff to worry about. <laughs> Well, you said the world was huge, and one of the down points of the game was how samey everything was and how kind of grindy it ended up feeling. Do you think it would have been a better game if it just had half of the real estate, but more attention to detail? Yes, the because design? then you have Mad Max. Oh, that, that, See, that's what you Mad keep Max on making was. me want to try Mad Max. I'm not going to say Mad Max is any better than a 7 or 8 out of 10, but the difference was Mad Max physically, which is a much smaller game, which allowed them to give more character to each individual little nook and cranny that you go into. I mean, Just Cause, towards the end, did whip out some really big, really interesting bases to take over. There was, there was an airport-looking base that was built into the side of a mountain where the planes are stored in these underground hangars, and you have runways coming out at different angles and it's laid out logically with any aircraft guns on the end of the runways and all the gas stored on one side and all the electricity on the other side so it looks like a functioning military base it was awesome it took about a half an hour to clean out but because the game is so big and they had so much land to fill they use that exact same base at least once more if not twice because <laughs> they had to have something to put there so yes if the game was smaller I think it would have been, it would have had a, a okay, if it was smaller, it would have had a tighter feel, yes. If it was smaller, there would have been less repeating and maybe more detail in the individual towns and the individual bases. But then they couldn't say that it's the biggest game ever, which I think it might be. 
Yeah, uh, published by Squeenix, and they don't seem like the sort to force a game to be what it's not. I, I thought, and we, I think we had mentioned this last week, that I think in the beginning, the game was supposed to be online only. Oh, weird. It was supposed to be, and I think I saw this, I think Sterling mentioned this actually, that the original plans for Just Cause 3 was uh, almost a free-to-play online game. And then the market shifted and went back to a more traditional market with the consoles, and they decided, wait, 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 we need to make this a normal single-player-ish game. Oh, that would make sense. So Avalanche, to their credit, made a pretty good single-player part of the game. So you can still kind of feel that. I'm actually kind of sad that the multiplayer was left out, because multiplayer in this would have been insane, mm. like the first crackdown was, where you're just running around blowing stuff up and watching things crumble. And so, it would have made that sameness kind of less important. Yeah, because with more people, there's more yeah. chaos. There's more just random things happening. So that that would have made it better. Maybe we'll get another one out of this. I don't know how Just Cause 3 sold. I should look that up and see. Hmm. Well, I've got... It uh, came out at perception. the same time as everything else came out. <laughs> so it probably got swallowed up by the Call of Duty monster, which, ugh, everything gets swallowed up by, swallowed up by at the end of the year. Uh, sold an estimated three hundred or eight hundred and sixty-four thousand in the first week at retail. Mm, that's not bad. It's uh, not that, great. That was yeah, but that's just the first week. That's not yeah. that's sure not bad for a first week. No. Um, I'd have to dig deeper into VG charts to find anything. Yeah, better. but from Square's point of view, it's a huge failure because it didn't sell ten million <laughs> units. <laughs> We'll, we'll see how their Final Fantasy 15 does, and then see. No matter how well how that sells, like that. they will complain. That's it. They're going to complain about it no matter what. Probably. Did you see that new uh, that new combat footage they put out last night? Uh, no, I did not. I, I saw it on my list of things to watch. I haven't watched it yet. It's very dim. It all, <laughs> takes, it all takes place at night, and you wonder if like your screen is like is there a setting on my screen that's wrong or something? No, it's just very dim, taking place at night. But it still looks sexy. It still looks like something I want to try. <sighs> That's why it's episodic. Everyone but everyone is going to buy the first episode. No, we'll uh, see who sticks around for the second episode. <laughs> Fifteen is is just a full release. It's just one release. Oh you wait, think, yeah, never mind. I'm thinking yeah, of the Final Fantasy VII re-release. Never mind. Yeah, which is the uh, one people actually care about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm getting my Screenix games mixed up. Trying Apart from that, I mean, all I really played was Just Cause Three last night. Uh, I, I did try uh, one of the Xbox Live Gold free games, like Z Heroes or Zeros or Zeros or whatever okay. it was. It's it's a terrible brawler. Really? <laughs> yeah, it, it's in the first area. You've got little literal like hallways you walk down with one kind of bad guy, two kind of attacks, and a dodge a dodge roll button that instead of rolling through enemies like you normally would. Like, you stay physically there, so if you roll and hit an enemy, you just push the enemy with you. So it's like you can't dodge. They kind of hang on you. It was not good. It was free. I played it for half an hour and was done with it. So, glad I didn't pay for that one. I returned to the good old days of (laughs) side-scrollers. No. (laughs) Is how it sells itself on the Xbox. (sighs) Yeah, Double Dragon Neon was the return to the good old days of side-scrollers. That was a decent game. This is not. Wasn't that good. It was better than this. Yeah. So, did you play anything but Galaxy this week? Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, Odin Sphere, left and right. Oh, that's right, yep. I'm, I'm still rocking through Odin Sphere. Um, I'm most of the way through Cornelius's campaign. Uh, Cornelius was, I want to say, the, the crown prince of Titania, and he got in trouble because his dad wasn't happy that he wasn't out looking for a princess to marry. He was screwing around with the Scarlet Witch, Velvet. And uh, Velvet's brother didn't like that too much either, so Velvet's brother curses him with the Puka's curse, which turns him into an adorable little rabbit man, and he wakes up in the land of the dead and ends up talking to the ancient king of Valentine who has plans to destroy the world, but of course Cornelius doesn't know this yet. And then Cornelius picks up this giant sword made of crystal that's as big as he is and sets out to, you know, break the Puka's curse and find Velvet. And... He plays completely differently than he did in the original. Uh, he plays very differently from Gwendolyn, who's the first character you play as. He really feels like one of these kind of slower, heavy-hitting, uh, greatsword-type characters now, which is very kind of fitting for the character and the, okay. the weapon that he's got. You can still do the crazy kind of air juggles that you can with Gwendolyn, but they're a lot harder with him, because he kind of he wants to just hit hard, and then wait, hard, and then hit again, <laughs> hard. So he's not that great at, at you know, uh, tossing someone up in the air and keeping them there. But with perfect, 
perfect timing, you can do it. You can, uh, you can kick a guy's legs out from under him, go into a little combo, do a special move that slashes across the entire screen. It does all these little arcing slashes, which throws everyone into the air, and then you can jump up into the air with them, do a combo, go into a pinwheel that, like, literally flies 50 meters horizontally across the screen, grinding into these guys as you do, and they're all screaming the entire time. (laughs) And then you do a drop attack slam into the ground, and you're like, okay, what's next? He plays really, really well. And they're also embarrassed because they got their ass kicked by a rabbit with a a sword. (laughs) By a little rabbit man. He seems to be like the only little rabbit man in the game. There's all kinds of these these puka people in the game, but he is the only one with a weapon (laughs) that you've ever seen. (laughs) And he's just kicking the shit out of all like the gods of this world. It's really wonderful. <laughs> and uh, they keep on kind of being little new things, like with uh, with Cornelius now, there's options to, or there's areas that you can't access without new mechanics that they've added into Odin Sphere. Like, mm. I came across, um, I was going through the Fire World, and my progress was impeded by a lava flow that just came straight down from the ceiling, and, if I, and I'm like, hmm, can I just, like, walk through this? Ow, no, I can't. <laughs> can I do a dodge through it? Ow, no, I can't. Well, hmm... What if I open up my alchemy and I create an icy storm? And so I made a little potion that creates an ice storm. And then I threw it at the lava flow and the lava flow froze and shattered. And, uh, yeah, no, it's neat. (laughs) And, and, uh, so it adds a lot of kind of world depth that the original Odin Sphere didn't have. Interestingly, there's some depth that Leithrasir actually removes from the equation. In the fire world and kind of the mountainous frozen ice worlds in the original game, you constantly had to create potions that would protect you from the elements in those areas. And by that I mean as soon as you walk into the um, the snowy mountain area, you are getting damage, getting damage, a little bit of damage, a little bit of damage. That just doesn't sound it, like much fun. Just because it's so cold. Yeah. And But, but it, it was a nice little... I don't know, it made the world seem more real, that it does seem realistic that this would be causing problems, that you're, mm. you know, in the snowy waste. And so you have to make yourself a warming potion. And you drink the warming potion, and then you and then you can proceed without getting killed. Or if you're out of the stuff to make a warning potion, well, you can just keep topping up your health constantly. And it removes that. Um, I don't have that much of a problem with it, but it was still one of those things I looked back on Odin's Sphere fondly with. Mm. Um, it's not enough that I'm like, oh, this is a black mark against Leithrasir. Because <laughs> everything else about it is so generous, and I'm still finding new new areas that were never in the original game, new backgrounds, new new ways of laying out the map. Uh, there are um, there are points of no return in the map now where there will be a little area, and you can see on the map that if I keep on going in this direction through a couple of rooms, I'm going to find a chest. But as you walk through the room you're currently in, you might fall down, and if you fall down, that's it, you're never going back up again. Oh. <laughs> yes, and... Uh, and Such a tease. I, yes, but I enjoy that. That that gives, that makes games... The games ask for your knowledge, kind of, that, that need you to know more about them than you did when you started. And if you don't kind of uh, be kind of really careful and watch what the game is doing, the game will go, okay, you're never getting what was in that chest. So, of course, I loaded the game, got what was in the chest, and it wasn't important. It wasn't anything that I would have you been like... You saved scummed it, and then you went back, and yeah. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't anything I would have been really burned to have missed. But, uh, yeah, no, Leaf Thrasir is still amazing. I'm totally going to beat it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll play it again so you can hear or see, or hear, That's actually, because right. it's all voice acted now, yeah, and what's do, going on. And do 100% completion. <laughs> and I'm still playing Galaxy, and I want to talk about that GIF again. Oh, go for it. <laughs> okay. So la- I'm doing these Galaxy GIFs, and uh, last week, or a week and a half ago, one of the GIFs I put out was the last GIF in the post, the second post of GIFs, was um, the Galaxy is flying up into this base, and there is a kind of large square in front of him. And at the top right side of the square, on the other side of it, uh, so they can't see me right now, there are three enemy ships that are flying down. And so instead of just going into their line of sight, I fly up the other side of the square. And as they fly down, they hit a, or they're about to hit, an electrical conduit that will bust their shields. And so I fly up, I hit the ceiling, and then I let myself drift across the ceiling with my momentum. And as I drift, I'm coming up towards an explosive barrel. So I'm, I'm in mech form, I charge a charged saber slash, and I slash the barrel. The barrel, the physics of the saber slash impact the barrel. The barrel goes flying down towards these guys who have just lost their shields, and boom, they're all dead. 
And the first time I did that, uh, that GIF represents the first time I ever did that, the first time I ever thought of doing that or ever tried to do it. I was just like, hmm, let's see if this works, and it might just, this thing might just blow up in my face and kill me. But it worked. <laughs> and <laughs> the bar- behold, yeah. The barrel flew down towards him, took him all in one shot, and I was so shocked by it that in the GIF you can just see me hit the next wall and just do nothing because I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And so I, I saved that clip, I put it into GIF form, I put it up on the internet, and I'm like, okay, just wait, people are going to go crazy when they see that. No, no, no one cares. No, 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 one, no it's... One, no one cares at all. Are there any cats in that video? No. No, no. But what... Is anybody what it, else falling down? No, no. <laughs> but what it is, for me, is, is it's just... It's a crystallization of so much, not everything, but so much that is brilliant in Galaxy. This this simple little physics formula, and I don't think it's all that simple, but it's simple for the player to intuit and understand, to uh, to make an experiment like that and just kind of try it out. And I've been playing this game for half a year so far, and I am still finding cool little shit like that that I can do in its, its little two-dimensional playground. And so once I discovered that, I started doing it with everything. I started like there's there's big explosive boxes, and I started doing it with them. I, there are uh, asteroids out in the asteroid field that are made of much tougher rock than most of the other asteroids. And what I can do is, if a guy is chasing me, I can just deke around one of these hard asteroids that won't bust as soon as he shoots it once. Use it as cover as I like deke around behind the asteroid, and then charge a sword blast into the asteroid, throw the acid asteroid into the guy to pop his shields because it does damage. The impact of that that does damage to the guy, and then blitz around my cover and start beating the shit out of him. And <laughs> and it turns out this thing itself has depth, because the damage that your sword does have depth. And so if you upgrade your sword to the point that it's at max, you do that charge slash, it will just destroy that explosive and pretty much kill you. <laughs> okay. So okay. The, game, the game is so deep, and it has so many layers, and I keep on loving it. Galaxy remains amazing. Did it supplant <sighs> Bloodborne now? Oh yes, yes, yeah, right. I mentioned yeah. that. I mentioned that uh, the first recording was. Yeah, I think it does. Like, I just can't stop playing it. And I think if I went back to Bloodborne, I might, um, I might, and play the DLC. I might go. You know what? I should never have said that about Galaxy. Bloodborne is so amazing. <laughs> but, but Bloodborne is the game that I can't stop playing. And I'm sorry, Galaxy, Galaxy is the game I can't stop playing. Bloodborne, to its credit. I played way more than I have played any other Souls game. I platinum Bloodborne. I've never done that for any of the Souls games. Wow. It is amazing. It's so, it's the best of them easily. Galaxy does stuff that's new and it does it perfectly. It does it in such a great way. My only really complaint about Galaxy, aside from the lack of the Vita version, obviously, fuck mm. you, <laughs> is, um, is that I, maybe there's not enough, I would like more enemies. I would like more, um, zone types because there's really only two zone types there's uh there's basically three factions of enemies and one of those factions are just like three different sizes of bugs oh yeah those are the first guys those are the early guys yeah aren't they? the bugs in the beginning yeah but and so and a lot of the enemies have like different tiers and those tiers make a huge difference in the ai of those enemies and how they behave and how you can play with them but how, much, it, how much damage they can take before they die and you have yes. to find somebody new to play with yes that's that's a big one and I kind of feel like the dam the damage they can take should have been lessened because their AI is so incredibly advanced. Like going from season three to season four is unbelievable hmm. how advanced the AI becomes in Galaxy and how much tougher it is to kill them and how much you have to just use every dirty trick you got to survive. And so I'm really glad that I've learned this new dirty trick. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's great. Of Galaxy remains incredible. I will never shut up about it. I mm. hope. Okay. Huh. All right. News-wise, we have Headlines. some corrections. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Now I appreciate that I exaggerate. I do. I, I use hyperbole on occasion and or constantly. Like, Every for once example, in a while. <laughs> when, we were talk- when we were talking about Darkest Dungeon and how it was going to be localized in twenty languages, I said, "No, it's not twenty. It's eight. It's like eight. And that's just I don't know. I, I just <laughs> I just pick a number that sounds true to me at the time, and if I don't have it in front of me, I'm not sure. But now I got some stuff in front of me. For example, it's not the University of Southern Car- Carol- or Carolina that has the best game design school in the United States. It's the University of Southern California. Mm. I just wrote it down wrong in my notes last week. I also, <laughs> hilariously, said that the population of Japan is comparable to New York City. <laughs> <laughs> and Japan called and said, you're selling us a little short. They did. They called They called me at work when I was in the middle of a very important meeting. <laughs> and explained, Hello, Chance, this is Japan. <laughs> yes, right. That's what they said. 
And, uh, and yes, yeah, so the population of Japan is 127 million. The population of New York State is about 20 million. Uh, so that's not even fucking close. And I like to think that the reason I got confused is because I'm from Canada. I live in Canada. The population of Canada is 33 million, which is comparable to the, uh, to New York. So I think that amazed me when I was a kid and I just kind of fired, fired it away. And now I'm so obsessed with Japan. I think I just substituted it in there. So that's stupid. I'm dumb. I apologize for that. Well, it's, it's, it's hard to get your head around that many, that many people in that small of an area. Yeah, Japan. like, it's, mm. yeah, I don't understand how it is that big. <laughs> that seems insane. Their apartments but, are very small. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're all very packed in. You see those things about, like, the hotels where what you sleep in is basically like the pod that Corbin Dallas climbed into when he was on the flight to Floster Paradise? Oh, jeez. Uh. I could not... I could not exist that way. I'm not tall, but I'm too tall for that. Come on. <laughs> I bet you it saves money, though. Sure, it does, but I need to stretch my legs out, man. <laughs> and then be able to walk down the street without bumping into people. <laughs> okay, uh, news. January 25th, it was announced that the Valkyria Chronicles remaster is officially coming west. Uh, that is, I'm pretty sure, just for PS4. Uh, don't quote me on that, because I didn't write it down. <laughs> um, the remaster contains all of the DLC that was eventually released for the first game. The DLC is pretty good. Uh, there's a little bit of story stuff for... Um, some of the support characters that are for your main squad, but there's a large chunk of DLC that lets you play as like a foot soldier for the enemy side, which is some really, really great DLC. First of all, because those are far and away some of the most challenging maps in the game, but also because in Valkyria Chronicles, the enemies that you're fighting aren't just like these dastardly men in black capes twirling their mustaches because evil. They are real characters with real kind of aspirations and ambitions and loyalty. And you really understand why they're doing the things that they're doing and um, and it also gets you the best weapon in the game to use in the main campaign so yes Valkyria Chronicles I will buy you again and love you how long is that game I mean from start to finish not that long if you really know what you're doing uh, okay how long would it take me to <laughs> uh, I want to say 20 hours no that's not bad okay 20 hours. but um, I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure in some cases you might need to grind levels in that game but it's super easy to do because all you can do is like you there are maps literally where in the first turn all you have to do is take Alicia and run her up the map and use all your action points to just get her a little bit further every time and she will take a base on the first turn hmm. yes uh, so there are ways to just abuse that game systems and and grind maps super easy January 25th uh Remedy's next game, uh, the guys who made Max Payne and Alan Wake, the Xbox exclusive Quantum Break, featuring dimensional rifts, <laughs> has been rated for PC in Brazil. Uh, kind of strange, but PC is kind of a Microsoft platform, so... They want you to think it is. I mean, Windows 10 yeah. really looks a lot like the Xbox dashboard. They're They're trying to have some sort of continuity between the two of them. And with what happened with Tomb Raider, or Rise of the Tomb Raider, this does not come as a surprise because Remedy wants to make some money on this. So maybe they said to Microsoft, hey, can we release it on that too because that's kind of yours? Have we had a conversation about Windows 10? Have you tried Windows 10? I, I use Windows 10 all the time. Okay, I'm still on Windows 7 because I refuse to upgrade, and it keeps on giving me the option. Should Why? I it's free. Yes. Well, I know. I should? Yeah. There's, there's, there is... Okay, Windows 8... Um, had some issues. I had I didn't have a problem with Windows 8, but the problem the the one problem most people have with Windows 8 is it was designed around a Tablets. a touch. Yeah. Yes, a, a a touch interface. And if you don't have a touch interface, then you're you know screwing around trying to find stuff. But there's a lot of shortcuts that even the even you know the most basic user should know, like Windows X for things to pull things up. Windows 10 removes that. The whole old big start screen is now in your just your start menu. So you've got all those tiles, but they're smaller. And everything else looks mostly like Windows 7. Windows 7 upgrade. is where I feel safe. You won't feel bad in Windows 10 at all. <laughs> it's a free upgrade, and, and this... I believe Microsoft, Microsoft's plan is that this is the last operating system they're going to release because it will just be upgraded mentally. Okay, we'll see how long it lasts. XP <laughs> is the outlier. XP lasted for a long, 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 long time. That's not normal. If you look at the, the length of time that other operating systems were out, XP was huge. The distance between 7 and 8 is more normal than 8 and 10. Um, I just think it's funny that they had to get rid of the 8 names so bad that they skipped 9 and went right to 10. Oh yeah. No, I, 
I had no issue with my upgrade. I mean, I had some weird stuff on my Windows 8 machine because if it was my work machine and I upgraded it, I didn't lose anything. I didn't lose my Hyper-V. I didn't lose any of my SQL installs. I lost nothing. So I've had zero problems with it so far. Uh, you're giving me hope and confidence. That's dangerous. Okay, uh, January 25th. <laughs> Mighty Number no. 9 is delayed again. Uh, it was supposed to launch on February 9th. It will now come in quotes spring 2016. What is the holdup with that game? It doesn't seem like that complicated of a game. Well, maybe it's just that they're planning to release on so many platforms. Oh, yeah, that could definitely be. Because it is supposed okay. to be coming to, like, everything. And if they're trying to do everything at once and not just say the 3DS and the Vita version will come later, I could see that holding stuff up. Okay. It usually does. Uh, January 25th, the various PlayStation companies, that is Sony Computer Entertainment and the Sony Entertainment Network, will combine into Sony Interactive Entertainment, they have announced, uh, just a single PlayStation brand, and they're moving their headquarters from Japan into San Mateo, California. Uh, some people have freaked out and said this is proof that gaming in Japan is dead. A lot of people told them, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think... Um, I don't think this is going to change much. It's not going to no. make PSN any more reliable. What if it does? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Maybe it does. I don't know. I, I, it's not going to... This This is just the suits changing where their offices are. I don't really see a whole lot of... Yeah, what I found weird was they released, uh, they released an image of the management structure, and there was, like, only one Japanese-sounding name on there. Everyone else is just a bunch of white guys from the States. Hmm. It's kind of weird to me. January 25th, uh, Street Fighter V, it's announced, will get a free story mode expansion come June 2016. Free? Yeah. And from, Cap Capcom. from Capcom. From <laughs> Capcom. <laughs> These are words that don't go together. These yeah, it's like, who this, are this you? Is the, this is the Capcom that had on-disc characters for Street Fighter Cross Tekken locked away behind DLC dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is a direct answer. In my opinion, it's a direct answer to the story modes of Mortal Kombat 9, Mortal Kombat 10, Injustice. They're, they're trying to keep up with what NetherRealms is doing because they see NetherRealms making a lot more money off of their fighting games than what Capcom does, mm. both because it's got a better single-player component to it. Because I don't know what the percentage is, but there are a lot of people who buy fighting games and never play against another person. They play, they play the story mode, they play practice mode, they play against the computer, and that's it. Yep. And Street Fighter historically, has had nothing to offer those people. Because the story mode has been anemic. So, finally, it's got some single-player content, which is cool. It's free because they've got other ways to get money from you. See, on my end, the fact that that's coming in June is kind of a kick in the nuts. Because <laughs> I would totally play that. Like, I loved the story mode of Mortal Kombat 10. And, but then once I beat it, I actually felt like, hmm, maybe I have a handle on this. And then I tried online. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out I don't. No. Um, but no, I would I would totally get into that. Also, uh, the other thing people should know about the story mode DLC is um, it will unlock um, costumes for the characters if you beat their story mode. Like if you want the police outfit for Chun Li, you beat Chun Li's story in uh, story in the story mode, and now you have her policeman. Outfit. Ah, see, I watched that video mm -hmm. just before we started recording again. It doesn't say you unlock it. It says specifically that you unlock it in the store. Well, so you, you earn unlock, the right to purchase it. You earn the ability it. to buy or the offer yes. to buy it. Now, you don't need to buy <sighs> it with real dollars. You buy it with fight money. Yeah. But we still, we, there is no, there has been no information on how the fight money economy is going to work. In the current beta, you only get it for winning. And you don't get much. It's like 50 or 100 bucks of fight money. We have yeah. no idea how much things are going to cost. We don't know what else is going like to spend on things. Bucks. Yeah, so it is good to have hope, but this is Capcom, and they do shady things. <laughs> as much as they are one of the only games in town for fighting games, they know this, and they are forward trying to squeeze blood from the stone to get as much as they can out of this thing. Uh, January 25th, after they themselves were leaking crap about it for a week, uh, Platinum Games finally announced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutants in Manhattan. Fuck yes. <laughs> I'm yes. down for that. Yep. I, I skipped the Transformers games just because I don't care that much about Transformers, but Mutant Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes. I call Raph. Yes, I'm in. Donatello, I got it. We're good to go. There'll be no fights about that one. I think Kayla was Donatello. Well, then... They don't have What's that okay? You're, you're going to buy it on Apple? Xbox One anyway. I probably will, yeah, so yeah. that'll be the end of that. <laughs> uh, January 26th, this is easily the most important news of the week, if not the year. 
Uh, the best, most important, insightful, and influential video game podcast, Chamberlain and Chance, made its debut on iTunes. Internet luminaries Kevin Smith and Will Wheaton immediately denounced the show as too awesome, specifically complaining that it reaches a level of podcast excellence no other producer can hope to match, rendering all competition pointless and unfair. That's what happened to episode seven. That's right. Freaking Will Wheaton sabotaged my track. Oh, he's, he's got gone. Cloaked. He's he got stole cloaked. it from the internet. That's, that's what we get for reaching too high. Wheaton? No. <laughs> Actually, I really don't like that show, but it's a good line. Anyway. <laughs> January 26th, the lineup for Evo 2016 is announced. Take it away. All right, so there's good and there's bad in this lineup. First, what I'm really happy about is I'm very happy that both Killer Instinct and Mortal Kombat 10 made it back for another year. Specifically because Killer Instinct, for the number of entrants in the tournament, was the bottom last year. It was like 350 people. It, was, it did not pull a lot of people because it's only on Xbox One. This at least shows that the evil people, whoever they are, Mr. Wizard and whoever makes these other decisions, realize that KI is a very, very good fighting game and that the pending release on Windows 10, and Windows 10 only, mind you, give it hope to pull in a wider audience. So that's good news, that it's there again. And I, I've seen some stuff, some of the balance changes for Season 3. I'm super hype about some of the stuff they're doing for, to it. Mortal Kombat 10 being in there again is good because NetherRealm games tend to hit hard and go away. Uh, MKX had a really good pool of players last year, and I was worried that it was going to kind of fizzle out. It's not going to, because it's back at EVO. It's under the, uh, um, it's, it's going to be on the big stage. They're fixing the netcode, supposedly. There's another combat pack this year. So instead of putting all of their eggs into the Injustice 2 basket, which will be happening sometime soon, they realize that maybe it's time to let a game breathe for a while before milking the community for more money. So that's good news. Uh, Guilty Gear XR made it again, which is the most beautiful fighting game ever made. It's the newer version of it, Revelator. I love that game. I wish I could play it. It's too hard for really? me. Really? XR? Oh, man. XR is hard. I want to I like that game. No, it's good. It's a really good game. But, but it, if it's, it's too hard for you... Anime fighting games have a much different feel to them. I mean, when I say anime fighting games, I mean that and um, the... Blaze Blue. Persona 4, Blaze Blue, Persona 4, Ultimate Arena. They're, they're very juggle-heavy kind of hit-confirming things where you have to get, like, you get this one opening, and then if you know how to do it, you can string, string together 10 to 15 hits in the air as a juggle. If you can't do that, you just can't do enough damage to keep up. So I, in, in Guilty Gear XR, I latched on to Mei, uh, this very diminutive female character who wields an anchor and throws dolphins at you. Oh, yeah. It was... She was awesome. She's not that great, but it was fun. It was... But as soon as everybody else began to figure it out, I fell off of it because I I can't play anime fighters. I want to, but I, I can't do it. So I watch people play Guilty Gear. It's great. Uh, the other news is we've got both Pokken or Pokken Tournament and Tekken 7 Fated Retribution in there. I, I'm annoyed by both of those because neither of them have seen a Western release yet. So you've got games that are being practiced anywhere but here, which is going to make it a little more difficult for it to be competitive. Pocket Tournament will see a release date, I believe, in May? Yeah, it's before EVO. Uh, it's before Tekken EVO. Tekken 7 but... doesn't even have... It just has a TBA 2016. Yeah, and Tekken 7 is... I mean, I... Tekken kind of has to be there because Tekken Tag Tournament 2 was there last year. And I, I guess, I don't know this, this is my guess, that I think that, that Tekken Tag is not as favorable in the Tekken community, so they kind of let that one go. But Tekken 7 isn't here yet. I mean, it's going to be good. It's talking of fighting games that are hard, Tekken is hard. But Oh yeah, Tekken's up there with Virtua Fighter as far as difficult fighting games. I don't... Virtual Fighter is the one that I can play. I don't understand. It's because <laughs> like, you lived with it, because that's the one you play and you live with it for so long that it isn't there. Tekken, for someone coming in new, there are, every matchup is different. I mean, yes, there's a base knowledge to Tekken, but you need to know what Bruce versus Nina does versus what Bruce versus Paul does versus what Bruce versus Kuma does. It's different. Everyone is different. Hmm. And if you don't have that knowledge, you can play reasonably well, but people who know that will just destroy you. So Tekken and Pokken. I don't know anybody who cares about Pokken. It's Pokemon Tekken. Maybe it's hype. I don't know. Well, I reserve my judgment. I bet people would be pretty interested in that. <sighs> Pokemon Snap was a hit. 
It a was total game with Pokemon. <laughs> Fighting game with Pokemon. People are going to be all over that. It's a good idea, mm-hmm. but I mean, half of Pokemon isn't isn't half of Pokemon like leveling up your guys and you know oh. my Pikachu is better than yours, but now it's a fighting game. I, yeah. I don't know. So prove to me that your Pikachu is better than mine. Now let's <laughs> let's throw down and see if you're unless Wobbuffet is in it. I'm not down. I I, I will play Wobbuffet. No one else. And right, now we get to the problem. Street Fighter Five is in, of course. This is the that is the premier game for the event. Street Fighter Four is not in. On the other side of it, we have two different versions of Smash Brothers. We've got Smash Brothers Wii U, and we've got Smash Brothers Melee, a game that originally came out in 2001. <laughs> a game that is best played on CRTs is taking up a spot that could go for Street Fighter Four. Now, I know the Smash community, if they're listening, hi there, they will come after me and say that they're different games. I don't care. They are incremental upgrades. Melee and Wii U, they're sequels, okay? Then there's been plenty of time for the Melee players to migrate over to the Wii U version. Whereas Street Fighter V, by the time Evo comes out, will only have been out for, what, six months, maybe. By not having Street Fighter IV on the main stage, we are denying the viewers, and I'm speaking specifically as a viewer here, you're denying us what could have been a clinic of matches, of matches, because you would have seen people from all over the world at the very top of their game. They know everything that there is to know about Street Fighter Four, and they are more than happy to put it on display for you. And we're not going to get to see that on the main stage at Evo, because Capcom has said, no, we're done with that, now we're doing five. It's money. The whole thing is money because Capcom is trying to manage the community while Nintendo could not possibly care less about that side. They, they've let, Nintendo has let the Smash community to run wild, and, and they do. Now, if, so, if Capcom cared less, I'm not saying it would be a great thing if they did, but if Capcom cared less and we would assume they had absolutely no influence at Evo, do you think Melee would be dropped in favor of four? No, because going back to just the numbers, and this is why I'm pissing into the wind with this, both Melee and Wii U had uh, almost 2,000 entrants apiece. Mm-hmm. If you Sorry, added those two games together, they they had the two those two games together had more entrants than everything else except for Street Fighter Four. Shit. They're huge. They are absolutely huge games. So I am. It's an unwinnable fight. <laughs> because the community is huge, and that community is super dedicated. Um, almost as dedicated as the, as the Marvel community. I forgot to mention that Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, a Capcom game that has been dead for quite a while, is back again at the tournament. Was it, was it not there last year? No, it was there last year. It was there last year, it was there the year before that. But that should, since that game can no longer be supported, because Disney has pulled back all the Marvel rights from everybody... Um, they can't patch the game. They can't add any characters to the game. The game is static now. So if you want to have it at Evo, fine, but, but, but don't take up one of the main spots with it. Put it off to the side and let people play it. Because Marvel has, a, again, a very dedicated crowd. And I'm not going to lie. Marvel Finals are can be some of the most hype moments ever. I mean, I, I recall in my basement with no one around, standing up and down, jumping and screaming two years ago when Justin saved Marvel <laughs> you know, by winning the tournament. But, again, we need to move forward. Tekken Tag 2 is gone for Tekken 7. Street Fighter 4 is gone for Street Fighter 5. Let's let Marvel go. Maybe they'll make a new one. I don't know. There's other fighting games out there that could be on there that that have not made it, that did not get the spot that Marvel took. So, I'm going to watch it all. I won't watch any of Smash because I don't like Smash. You won't support that garbage? No. That's a whole different... (laughs) Smash feels like entry-level fighting game stuff, which, again, is not correct. There's, it, it a, it's a very, very different kind of playing game than, than high-end Street Fighter. High-end Smash is bizarre to watch. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. Matches take a long time, and it, it's, it's all about like placement on the level and edge guarding and, and air dashing, weird stuff. I mean, it's almost like an anime fighter, but it's just... I mean, I cannot get into it when I'm look, watching Smash... And I've got Pikachu and Jigglypuff bouncing around up there when I could be watching something else with big burly dudes and hot women or, you know, whatever. It's like, come on, let's let the kid stuff go. Let's have the grown-up fighting games, please. Let the hate mail commence. Okay. <laughs> uh, January 27th, 
it was announced that the critically acclaimed action roguelike Downwell will finally be on Android phones. Um, I have an Android, haven't tried it yet, but I'm glad it's there. I might actually give it a shot one day because it does look like the type of game that would actually work well on my phone. Um, when I bought my phone, it was the first cell phone I ever got because I am just very contrarian. And uh, <laughs> all I asked the person who was selling me it was, can it run XCOM Enemy Within? And they said, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> and it does run XCOM Enemy Within. It does it really well, but it runs the battery, of course, like mad. Yeah. And so I just don't play games on it because that's not what the phone is best for, and it damages its ability to be a phone. But Downwell looks like something that would do really well on it, and I would probably look into that if Odin's Sphere Leaf Thrissier didn't exist. It weren't amazing. <laughs> so... If it's cheap enough, I have a decent Android tablet. I may check it out. Well, that kinda, should be a pretty inexpensive game, I would hope. Now I'm kind of curious how much it is, so I'm gonna, just going to pull up the Google Play Store right now. I'm putting money at under 10 bucks. I would put money at under 5 bucks. Three ninety nine. Nice. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll do that. Something to play at lunch. Rated 4.8. Uh, January 27th, Lab Zero uh, announced that Skullgirl Second Encore 4 Vita, which was announced years ago, is in development, has finally gone gold. And they did this with a little video that they put out just quietly on their uh, on their YouTube channel that says, okay, here's how this runs on Vita. And it was incredibly honest and transparent. Uh, what they did was they said, this is how long it takes to start the game, and they just have the camera pointed at the Vita as it's running. This is the longest load you will ever see in the game, and it's because you pick these three characters for one team, and those are the biggest sprites in the game, and you pick these three characters for the other team, and those are the biggest sprites in the game. That will create a load of about 25 seconds. Here you go. And they hit enter, and just hold the camera on the Vita as it loads. So there's no question that this is actually running. This is how long it takes. And oh, by the way, the game actually runs at 60 frames per second. As a rule, there are absolutely frame drops. The worst frame drop you will ever see is in a situation like this. And then they show you exactly what you have to do to manufacture this uh, frame rate drop. And it's using the biggest character in the game with the biggest support character in the game against another big character with a big support character on screen. And then do that character super move, which fills up the entire screen with sprites. And then you'll get some drops. And it was so honest and like human and telling people exactly what we want to hear as opposed to obfuscating it with like PR speak it was beautiful it just makes me love Lab Zero more I'm going to buy that on general principle now <laughs> it's supposed to be a good game I didn't get oh, yeah. into it because it, 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 it feels a lot like Marvel 2 and that was kind of the intention of it it was very quick Yes. Very, very snappy and so much character. The animation is great. Actually, um, the lead animator for Skullgirls gave a talk at GDC 2014 about animation and, and all those little techniques that you see in really good animation, like the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm games, where, uh, like breaking limbs and showing limbs in shapes that can't possibly exist to, um, to indicate action and, uh, like four, uh, kind of like pre-wind up and, and post kind of keyframes and everything. And it was just a wonderful talk. If you like animation at all, like hand-drawn animation, watch that video because huh. it is amazing. January 27th, Flying Wild Hogs Hard Reset Redux is announced for PS4 One and PC. I never played the original, but uh, the concept of kind of like that dark uh, sci-fi world sure, sure appealed to me. You said you played it? I did. I, I when, when this was announced, I looked it up. One of the reasons I actually keep a blog is because I play so much stuff, I forget what I liked and what I didn't like. So I, I went and looked up what I had said to say about it, and yeah, I, I played it on PC Way back when it originally came out, I mean, I think I picked it up on Steam sale or something like that, and part of my complaints was that it didn't run very well on my PC, which is not surprising because my PC then wasn't good, and now I don't even have one anymore, so I have officially left the PC Master Race. Uh, my other complaint was that it, it felt like a warmed-over Serious Sam, but we don't get games like that anymore. So many of our shooters now are these hyper-realistic, squad-based, military, brava, you know, <clears throat> things, so... We don't get many, here's a million things, shoot them all, shooters anymore. So, I think I was just being bitchy that day, I'm not sure. Imagine that. Uh, if, it's, if it's a $20 game, maybe. I remember it being very short. It was like five or six hours long, if that. And I quote, At four hours, 48 minutes, Hard Reset is not the shortest game I have ever played, but it's getting close. <laughs> you found it. No! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty short game, but it's it's called Redux. Like, I wonder if this has more uh, more content in it. I don't know if there's any DLC for it or not. The only thing I remember is that it was a very fast game. 
and uh, this goes back to my old my PC roots. I, would a, will the game that fast translate very well to a controller versus mouse and keyboard? And that's an age-old debate that's solved by generous auto-aim. So, yeah, it'll probably work. Uh, it will include all of the content in the original hard reset as well as the Exile expansion. There was an expansion. Yeah. Okay. The overhauled edition will feature improved graphics, new enemy variants, and changes to pacing and balance intended to smooth out some of the spikes in difficulty that cropped up in the original release. Yeah, Please. I remember some of those. Where are we? Uh, January 27th, Drinkbox assures us that Severed is almost done, and uh, they said the same crap last year and the same crap last, like, spring. They keep on saying that, call me when it goes gold, I'll buy it day one, you're Drinkbox, you're amazing. Uh, January 27th, Image and Forum announced that SteamWorld Heist is already a bigger success than SteamWorld Dig. Uh, SteamWorld Heist has only launched on 3DS so far, and they didn't give any numbers as to how many it's actually moved on 3DS so far, so I'm imagining that they're just talking about, they're just saying that Heist has done better on 3DS than Dig did on better for the same kind of length of time. I gotta uh, imagine Dig did well on Steam, too. Dig did, 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 did decent on everything, which is, yeah. I assume, why Heist is coming to everything. January 28th, Insomniac Games announced Song of the Deep. A 2D ocean exploring Metroidvania, which will cost $15, is coming this summer and will be the first time ever, title ever published by GameStop. <laughs> full, full disclosure here, uh, I, I worked for Electronics Boutique EB Games GameStop for a long time as a store manager. <clears throat> this, I, this, this was long ago, a different life, but uh, this move to publishing does not surprise me because... A business that size does not get to stay that big without having plans for the future. And they know, and they have known for a long time, that the the sacred cow of used game sales is not going to be there forever. Eventually, we will move to a digital culture, you know, whether we like it or not. So the move to publishing makes sense. I'm just confused as to why Insomniac is putting out a 2D Metroidvania underwater. Well, they've, odd this thing. isn't the first tiny game they've done. Uh, when I was going to write it up on the blog, I said it was going to be the first 2D game they've ever done. But no, it turns out that's not true. They've done a bunch of stupid little mobile games. Hmm. And we haven't heard of them. And those mobile games are in like the past three, four years. That's like new stuff that they're trying to branch out into. And so I think this is them trying to get in on some of that hot indie money. <laughs> uh, okay. Like the odds of your game being, you know, a bastion, uh, a braid, are pretty low, um, just because there's so much out there. But if someone's going to do it and make a really good one, yeah, it might be Insomniac, just like it might be Ubisoft uh, with um, um, Assassin's Light. Creed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Child, Child of Light. Light was really good. Did you play that? It was not that good. It was. Boring. I thought it was pretty good. The combat was... sucked. The combat was an interesting idea that didn't actually work all that well. At least it was short. It was, yeah, but that, again, that's <laughs> Hey, not my attention span is not what it used to be. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have mind, like, I would have been fine with it being short if the writing were actually really good. The story was amazing. The writing was bad. Wasn't it all in rhyme? Yes. Oh, okay. It, I, I rescind that. That was terrible. Now and that it I remember wasn't that. very good poetry. Like, it would have been different <laughs> if it was amazing poetry, but it wasn't. It was It was okay. They, you could feel that they were kind of, you know, just kind of bending this in there to make it fit sometimes. But God, it was gorgeous. And I totally welled up at the end, but no, it wasn't great. Anyway, Insomniac. They're making another game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Insomniac, Song of the Deep. So it's a uh, it's underwater exploration Metroidvania with a female protagonist that the lead developer is basing off his daughter because he wants his daughter to have a strong hero. And, oh, you know, we all feel very positive about that. But here's the thing from my perspective is when I, I remember being, you know, uh, late teens, early 20s, walking into a store, holy shit, there's a new game out from Insomniac. I'm buying that. I don't even need to know what it is. I'm buying that. Because it'll be one of the best games this year. I haven't felt that way about Insomniac uh, since the end of the PS3. Um, they keep on, you know, they did that. Do you remember that horrible, horrible third-person shooter that they made? That they uh, self—they didn't self-publish, but it was on. It was multi-platform. Hey, oh, no, what was hey, that I, called? It wasn't like Haze or something. Hang on, I'm just gonna. Uh, no, that was it. Was it Haze? Was that there? no, no, no? Haze was first gen PS3. That was not yeah. Haze was that was awesome. No. I yeah, I remember what you're talking about. How there was there was like a, their original 
pictures of it were this kind of colorful looking yes. third person shooter. And, it and when it came song. out, it was gray. Chick, 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 boom. Yeah. yeah. That one. Okay. Uh, other games. There we go. Uh, Fuse. Yeah. Then they did Fuse, and Fuse was just bad. And then they went with, uh, then they tried to, or they got an exclusive with Microsoft. They did Sunset Overdrive, and Sunset Overdrive was okay. Sunset actually, Overdrive was okay. It was, yeah, it was yeah, at best, it was okay. Actually, 81 on Metacritic. That's pretty wow, good. Wow, really? That seems yeah. And the thing is, every review I read did not make it sound like an 8 out of 10 game. Well, yeah, either way, I didn't play it. And so there hasn't been an Insomnia game that I've actually been excited about or happy to play in years. In years! Not since, like, that tiny little Ratchet and Clank game that was, like, a sorry for those other three Ratchet and Clank games that were Ratchet and Clank in name only. Like, Insomniac has wasted a lot of goodwill with me. I'll check it out. I'll look at reviews. I don't think I'll day one that. And as for GameStop getting into publishing, well, you know, great. If it gets us a hundred more little games like this, chances are 10% of them will be Guacamelee. Yeah, <laughs> or something true. Or something that good. Great. You know, get into publishing. Bring us more interesting games that Activision and Electronic Arts won't publish. Fantastic. And Devolver Digital hasn't already snapped up. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I don't think GameStop getting into it is, is a bad idea as long as it's still available to be purchased digitally, because that's how I want to buy these. It's not, I mean, they are not the the great evil that the internet community thinks that they are. They're just a business like any other business, that they don't take advantage of things. They have a service that most gamers, quote-unquote, my air quotes here, gamers don't want because either they collect or they don't want to lose the money. They want to get rid of, rid of games the other way. But it's a service. They're not making anybody do it. I mean, they're a decent-sized company. It was better when it was Electronics Boutique before GameStop bought them, because that's when I left. But, I don't know. They're they're not uh, the great evil. My local store is, I want to say, about a kilometer and a half away. Um, Sorry, (laughs) it's about a mile. (laughs) Uh, It's about a mile away. Thank you. And... um, (laughs) So, it's not too far. I could walk there in, like, an hour if I wanted to. But when uh, Kayla and I moved out for a little bit last year... And moved in together. And um, and when we were living on the other side of the city, we would drive across town back to continue going to this EB Games because I like the staff there. And the staff know me, and I walk in and they go, that's David. They don't call me when a game releases anymore because what will happen is they'll call me and go, hi, is this David? Yes. I'm just ca- or, And I go, yes. Are you calling to let me know that, uh, you know, Infamous Second Son is out today and available for pickup? Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll be in later today to pick it up. Thank you very much. Okay. (laughs) And so they've they've kind of got to know me, and they just don't fuck with me, and they don't offer me a little extra crap anymore because they know I'm David. (laughs) Like any retail store, it's going to be that way. It's going to be based on the staff. Yeah. Uh, I I will, if I can brag for just a second, I I ran many different stores. I had customers follow me and my staff. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, because I knew who I could hit up for what. And I knew who I just was coming in to talk about games. And if that's what they want, that's what you give them. And they'll come back later on. So, yeah. Insomniac is publishing through GameStop. It'll be interesting to see how both of that plays out. Because mm-hmm. it's pretty weird all around. Uh, January 28th. Vita Firmware's 3.57 is covered on Kotaku. Which kind of puts headlights on the existence of the fact that there are all these threads going on in NeoGAF on... Uh, um, on Reddit, on the PlayStation forums, saying, holy shit, I can't log on to the PlayStation store with my Vita right now ever since this last update, and oh, by the way, my battery is draining like mad constantly. Like, what the hell is going on? I'm not sure it is an update. Uh, it's certainly a problem. It wasn't a problem for me that I had even noticed until after I read that, I tried to log on to the store to buy Saturday Morning RPG, and it wouldn't let me in, and I was getting the same problem. And then once it gave me that problem, my battery started draining. <laughs> and I, I took it out for lunch at work the next day, and it was almost dead. There are uh, kind of conflicting reports on what will fix this. For me, just doing a full power down where you hold the power button, tell it, yes, I want you to shut down, then just turn it back on again, I was able to get on the store. Once I got on the store and got the game, now my battery is behaving normally again. Um, there are reports that if you do what's called a database rebuild, where it basically does like um, um, the equivalent of a defrag of your hard drive uh, for your Vita or your PS4, do that on your Vita, and that will fix it. Some people say that works just fine. Some people say not only does it not work, but it rearranges all my icons and gets rid of all my wallpaper. 
and uh, and now the digital licenses for all my games have to be reconfirmed. So if I want to play Bastion, I have to start Bastion. It has to check with the server, say, yes, I have this license, now I can play. And I have to do that for all my digital games on my Vita. Um, so this is a fucking apocalypse. And Sony has said? Absolutely nothing! Uh. They're not saying a word! And that is the worst part. If they would just say, yeah, we know, we're working on it. That's all we fucking need. We just don't... We just don't want to be going like, hey, Sony, and Sony goes, I can't hear you. Everything's <laughs> la, good. La, la. Did you hear how much the PS4 sold over the holidays? <laughs> hey, Sony, fix the Vita, man, because, like, Crypt of the Necrodancer is coming out on Tuesday. I'm pretty hyped for that. I'd like to buy that, please. Now, you have more than one Vita, correct? Uh, well, okay, I have one dead OLED Vita that dropped two feet, landed on its side, and the screen went dead. Uh-huh. So then I got my other OLED Vita out of my safe, which I was keeping as a backup. The moment I did that, I went on Amazon and I ordered another OLED Vita. Kayla has the new uh, uh, LCD, or LED, or whatever it is. The uh, new Slim. The LED, yeah, yeah. So I technically have a lot of Vitas. Is your backup Vita on an old firmware? And my backup Vita has been turned on once to confirm that there are no... Uh, uh, irregularities in the screen, and then it was immediately powered down and remains in the safe. Okay, so if you need to go backwards, there you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, January 29th, 3D Realm's first game in over a decade, Bombshell, finally launches on PC. <laughs> it is absolutely terrible. Uh, one of its best scores is a 69 from IGN. 69. And, uh, and with <laughs> another 10 critic scores weighing in, it is sitting at a 41% on Metacritic. <laughs> So you suck 3D Realms, uh, you've sucked for, like, old enough to drive. Your badness is old enough to get a driver's license. Shambling corpse of 3D Realms continues. Like, I would be, I would not expect that anyone who actually had anything to do with Duke Nukem 3D is still at that company. And they're just, well, anyway. None of them are in the industry anymore, who knows, they're all flipping burgers. So if you're curious about Bombshell, don't. Don't buy Bob Show. Is that seeing a console release? Uh, I sure kind of hope not. Let's find out. Uh, because show. that it sounds like something that I would like to put on my list Just to, to play whilst moderately intoxicated. Well, okay, it uh, it is PlayStation Four, Xbox One, TBA. Uh, okay, but I'm sure those ports were going to kind of be made off the funding from the PC release. <laughs> uh, so oh well. well. Game oh, uh, on the Wikipedia page it says GameStop awarded it or GameSpot awarded it a two out of ten, calling it a buggy, bland game with some of the worst writing you're likely to hear in some time. <laughs> uh, game Watcher gave it four point five, saying Bombshell isn't the worst game I've ever played, but it is among the most dull and uninteresting. That's almost worse. Dull is worse than terrible. If a game is terrible, at least I can find some sort of gallows humor, humor amusement in it. If it's dull, no, no. Can't handle it. Well, I mean, okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, There's some you... amusement to be found in the train wrecks, at uh, least for me. Not for me. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sad. Like when I played that Sega reboot. Uh, do you remember like Incredible Destruction? Uh, Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction was amazing. Yes, that was and very then good. Uh, the next movie was coming out with Ed Norton, and Sega started teasing a new Hulk game. And everything, every trailer Sega showed was basically moves from Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction, but now in HD on your PS3. And it was the worst. (laughs) It was so bad. Like, it had just those little lip service things that remind you of Ultimate Destruction, but none of it was there. And no, no, it was just, it was... This is what Sega does. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, they also made Valkyria Chronicles, so I'm going to keep okay, on giving. Okay, always forgiven for that. Yeah. Uh, are you interested in playing The Witness? I I, I am not. Yeah, me neither. Uh, did I, you play I, I watched, Braid? I did play Braid, but I played it much after the fact. I mean, there was like the hype for Braid, and then I bought it long after the fact, and I played it with like GameFAQs open next to me. Because mm. I didn't want to spend the time figuring things out. I just wanted to see what yeah. was it all about it. And the whole thing felt kind of arrogant. Thank you! Oh my god! Yes! Okay! <laughs> the, yeah. the, the game from beginning to end, it, it, it's like the game thought it was better than me. Yeah. Um, and that bugged me. Yeah, I, I bought into the hype when it came out on PS3. It was finally ported a couple of years after it launched on the Xbox and PC. 
and I bought it and I checked it out. I'm like, okay, no, I get it. It's a little puzzle game or it's a little platforming puzzle game with time manipulation mechanics. Okay. But where is this amazingness that everyone's talking about? And then I got to the point where there's that one like star or something that you can only get from standing on a cloud for an hour and a half. Yep. Because the cloud moves across the screen so slowly, you won't notice that it moves unless someone tells you. And then so I stood on that cloud. And I set a timer, and I walked away, and I did something else. I came back when I had to jump or something, and then uh, and then got that star. And then I stopped, and I was like, that is the worst design ever. Because it's not just, like, I, I we all know the point of Braid now. The point of Braid is that the player character is actually the person the princess has been running from this whole time. And you're not trying to save her. You're trying to capture her. Aren't we interesting and, you know, contrary to popular... <laughs> gender gender stereotypes and uh you know okay fine fair enough but that whole shit about how you know you are so obsessed with beating this game that you were willing to sit on that stupid cloud for an hour and a half to get that fucking star and it is jonathan blow whacking you in the face with his fucking game design cock saying aren't i deep aren't i deep look how deep i am look how deep i am and i'm like no you're not fucking deep like, that is, that is so, arrogant is the perfect word for it. It's perfect. It's so self-satisfied, and it will make you do shit that is not fun. It's not fun. It's not even interesting. It's just, it's just to prove how interesting how this guy thinks. How smart he is. I'm yes. so smart. Yeah. And meanwhile, have you looked at reviews for The Witness? They seem to be pretty good. Let's, uh, let's run that through Metacritic, because every review I've seen tells me that witness the game if you bring it home and leave it in your kitchen near the sink you turn on your tap just wine will come out of the tap (laughs) it's the second coming that's right like everyone is freaking out over how good the witness is it is currently sitting at 87 on metacritic for ps4 based on 43 reviews which is hella strong and a lot of those are hundreds um i'm uh, it's a puzzle game it's missed isn't it yeah, kind of. Oh, jeez. Every- a- after all the hype died down from Braid, year- years later, I was walking through like an Office Max or an Office Depot or something like that, and they've got these big bins of clearance software, and sitting on the top of it was a boxed copy of Braid Ooh. for six bucks. <laughs> I took a picture of it because it amused me to see Braid <laughs> in the clearance bin. Uh, um, <laughs> that has nothing to do with this. I just can't believe it's being reviewed that well. That's blows my mind. I think I could kind of dismiss The Witness and Braid more easily if John Blow weren't, didn't come across as so completely insufferable mm. and wasn't always shitting on the type of game design that I really love. He's always like, no, that's that's not moving the industry forward. That's, that's you know... <laughs> that's that's yeah, for the lower intellects to deal with. Want to punch things in the face and watch them fly through walls. I didn't do that sort of thing. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you, darling. Anyway, so uh, The Witness is getting pirated pretty good. <laughs> uh, uh, John Blow tweeted out, uh, quote, It seems The Witness is the number one game on a certain popular torrent site. Unfortunately, this will not help us afford to make another game. Boo-hoo. Yeah. I'm glad that a lot more people will be experiencing the game, but I also want to be able to make another comparable game next. Just saying. Why don't you quit the industry like that jackass who made Fez? Yeah, seriously. So, yeah, people are pirating the witness. John Blow remains completely transparent douchebag. Mm -hmm. Uh, January 29th, this is kind of interesting. Electronic Arts had its yearly conference call uh, for investors. Uh, It was revealed that a new battlefield... A new Titanfall experience and Mass Effect Andromeda will all launch in fiscal 2017. Uh, sorry, fiscal 2016, which is April 1st, 2016 to March 31st, 2017. Uh, both the new Titanfall and Mass Effect are expected to come in the second half of that fiscal, so that's either the last three months of this year or the next first three months of next year. I think we all kind of knew that Andromeda was coming this year. A new Titanfall is... Surprising! I thought uh, they, Respawn was working on a new IP, and we haven't heard a thing about a new Battlefield. What was the last one? Hardline? Well, I mean, I kind of consider Battlefront to be a Battlefield. Oh, yeah, you're te- right. Yep. Technically, yeah. Hardline was, yeah, was a Battlefield game. At least Hardline had some single-player content to it, whereas as Battlefront did, had none. Yeah. So, 
But anyway, it's not surprising. They 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 EA wants a part of that Call of Duty action. And if yeah. They have to, if they have, to have to squeeze out another game to get it, then so be it. I'm wondering uh, how much Titan, the next Titanfall, will look like a Titanfall. Because Boyd was ambitious. Boyd had some good ideas. Everyone said it was super fun, and then it just went away, and no one ever heard about it. It, it the I, I did play it briefly. I, I think the multiplayer. I think the community for that faded pretty quick. I think it died off pretty quick. Which is really yeah. sad. Like fuck the guys. It was who, something new though. The I mean, guys it, it, who it, made Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's a Mass Effect 30th. Christmas, though. Yeah. I'm not, sure where, I'm not sure where you sit on Mass Effect. I love those games. Oh no, I'm I'm quite pro Mass Effect. Oh, I okay. feel uh, I feel the gameplay. I, I feel a three was the best of the series, kind of. Oh, I would agree. It, it, it brought everything together. Yeah, I know. They had of, less of that driving around in the moon nonsense. I know a lot of people <laughs> complained about it, but I think that was where they really hit uh, really really solid third person action gameplay fantastic story presentation overall presentation I think it was like one of the first games that we're going to see I believe that in the future games will be so expensive to make that there will just be this one video game that is all video games <laughs> and its production values will be through the roof and it is just all things and I feel like Mass Effect is the first game kind of going in that direction where everything it does is at the top tier for uh, running around and shooting guys and running around and punching guys and going and getting in interesting conversations with strange alien monsters and maybe having sex with them. Um, you know what they need to add for that to happen is they need to add the, the space ship-to-ship combat from a game like Elite Dangerous into Mass yeah, Effect, and yeah. there is your one game to end all games. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, January 30th, John Blow, again, says The Witness is on track to sell more in a week than Braid sold in its first year, and it is just great that we'll be able to make the next game at a comparable budget level, maybe bigger, we'll see. So one day after whining that it's being pirated, he comes out and says, hey, it's sold more in the first week than Braid sold in the first year. Yeah, and he's been complaining for years that he's dumped all his personal money into the production of The Witness, and he's like, you know, eating ramen every day. So, <laughs> That's a stylistic choice. He likes that. And that's the news. <laughs> There's something haughty about eating ramen every day. <laughs> it makes him smarter. I don't Probably know. Brain food. <laughs> brain food. All right. Well, that took up about an hour, so I think we're oh, going to call it there okay. for the day. If by chance the wonderful folks at Cast who uh, I will not disparage their product at all. Cast is what Chance and I use to record these podcasts. And the problem that we had yesterday is the very first problem I've had with anything that they've done. I emailed them on Saturday. They got back to me within 15 minutes on the weekend, which being in tech support myself doesn't happen because yeah. we get weekends too. So I have nothing disparaging to say about their stuff. If they happen to find it laying on the floor <laughs> and I can get my track back up, I will repost episode seven, maybe edit out the news because we had a very interesting conversation about what we play and why we play. If we were to start that now, we'd be here till dinner time. So we will save that for another day. Thank you very much, Chance, for joining me again for episode 7.5. Always a pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you in a week. Boom. Your best